You are listening to Cornelia Church. Passion for God, compassion for people. Good morning. Uh, my name, you've already seen me already on the screen. I apologize. Here I am again. Uh, just a couple of things I want to do with you before I have the privilege of introducing our guest speaker today, and you're in for a treat this morning for sure. Uh, but a couple things I need to highlight. One is if you are part of our book club where we're reading uh, spiritual biographies and stories that will build our faith, remember we're kind of replacing all of the media and all the junk. We're replacing that with faith-building, life-giving words. And these are stories that are really powerful. And if you read last month with us the book uh, Seeking All of Finding Jesus, then we're going to be discussing that this Thursday evening at 6.30 at 1.11. Just drop in. You can register if you want, but there's no need to. Just drop in at 111 at 6.30 and discuss that with us. Our book of the month, uh, book for this month, is called Bruchko by Bruce Olson. We're out of it, we're, but you can find it online on Amazon. You can get the Audible version or you can get the Kindle version or whatever. And it's, it's a fabulous, fabulous book. It's very accessible. Maybe you've not read along any of our books so far. I want to encourage you to jump in right now. Maybe you've never read a book. This is a good book for you to re begin reading for the first time. Uh, Bruchko is an incredible true story of a man who is a missionary in South America, I believe even to this day. And uh, he went to a people group that had really was unreached by any of Western civilization. Uh, they did not have a written language, and uh, he went specifically to tell them the message of Jesus' love. Uh, and it really is his incredible adventure in the jungles. And I remember one time, one of my favorite stories in the book is that he uh, got lost in the jungle uh, and for many, many days and was starving. And uh, he fell asleep by a river, had no idea where he was, and he had a dream that a butterfly was in his mouth. And then he woke up and something was in his mouth. And I won't tell you the rest of the story. You have to read it. Uh, but it will either, it will either build your faith, uh, faith or gross you out. One of the two. It is incredible. So read with us, Bruchko. You can get it online if you want and be a part of that. We'll be discussing it next month. Uh, have you noticed there is a huge tent across the street? It went up this week. And uh, this next week on February 20th through the 23rd, Mario Murillo is going to be in town. And he's an evangelist. And... and and he'll be holding uh, meetings every evening, and they anticipate uh, probably a couple thousand, if not you know, 4,000 people showing up every evening. Um, there's billboards, there's, there's all kinds of news about it, and there's a rumble going on uh, about what's happening. What I know is that as Mario speaks, he's going to preach the name of Jesus, and people are going to get saved, so people are probably going to get healed and set free. Uh, and whatever you think of Mario, and we could talk criticisms, I could critique myself all day long, so let alone somebody else, whatever you think of Mario, he's preaching the name of Jesus, and people are going to come into the kingdom of God uh, this next week, and I think there's going to be a lot of them. And we as a church in this community are committed to seeing people come into the kingdom of God, get discipled, and get plugged into a church family. Uh, and when Mario leaves after three days, he's going to leave the churches in this community, the list of people who have made that decision. And we know what happens, right? We know what happens uh, after a moment when people come into the kingdom of God. There is many times an opportunity for the enemy to steal that very gift that they just received and for them to go right back into the world unless they're plugged in, unless they're plugged into discipleship, unless they're plugged into the family of faith. And so we as a church community are gathering together 
uh, the following Saturday, and this is where it's for, for you and I as, as this church to be a part of, and I need your help in this. This is not just for somebody else to do. This is for us to do. Uh, on Saturday the 26th, we're going to be doing a welcome home party or holding a welcome home party at Co-Park uh, in the middle of the afternoon for everybody that makes a decision to follow Christ, their families, their friends. We're going to throw a party for them, and we're going to feed them. We're going to have bounce houses. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk to them about the importance of what has just happened and getting them plugged into a church family and plugged into discipleship. I think there's at least six churches that are going to be a part of that. There may be more, uh, but we need your help in making that happen. And there is something that is truly exciting about a new baby being born, right? We know what new babies in the natural are like. They're incredible gifts that require a lot of work, but we're all excited to be a part of it. Now, in, spiritually speaking, when new babies come into the kingdom of God, it says all of heaven rejoices. And so we're thrilled to be a part of this. Uh, and, uh, and if you're not thrilled, just tell yourself, get thrilled already. This is a big deal. Uh, I would love you to help. You can help uh, throw the party. There's, there's ways to help in that way. You can help disciple people. There's all kinds of different opportunities. If you use your church app, everybody's got the Church Center app, right? I just talked about it. So everybody, you know, we're on the same page, right? If you, go, if you go to the events portion of the Church Center app, there's, it, you'll see on, uh, it says on uh, February 26th, Welcome Home Party. You click there, you register, it'll tell you three different ways that you can volunteer to serve. Now, listen, don't wait to do that because this happens a week from Saturday. Uh, so this is, this is not very far away. We don't have a lot of time. We're bringing this together and we need your help. So please do jump on board and plug into that because I want to see lots of people in the kingdom of God. And God has a plan for this place. And it is even beyond what's going to happen with Mario. There's something that's happening Try in it. Kings County. There's something that ha is happening in Hanford. And God is on the move. And we don't want to miss it. And we can if we're not paying attention and we're not engaged. So let's, let's plug in. Will you do that? Will you help me do that? Uh, because I believe that God has something in store for us that's bigger than what we even really are, are understanding right now. So... Now, we have been preparing, as I said, as a community for what's going to happen in the tent, but also what's happening after that. And Pastor, pastor Bob Beckett was with us yesterday uh, talking to a, a group of pastors and also a group of intercessors about how we can not only be ready for what's happening next week, but what we, we can do to continue the move of God in the coming weeks and months and what he wants to do uh, in, in this community. And so Pastor Bob is a pastor who has been around for a little bit. Uh, he's got a little bit of history in him. He's planted his church uh, dwelling place uh, in 45, 46 years ago, something like that, 43 years ago, uh, in Hemet, California. And I just so appreciate that he was willing to come up to invest in our community, to invest in our community's pastors, uh, to talk to us about how we can really see everything that God wants to do and not miss it. Uh, and he left uh, Hemet and, and was willing to drive up here and give his time and energy. Uh, and he did that generously. And I know he doesn't particularly like to travel, uh, you know, I mean, and, and he didn't have to do that. But he was willing to do that, and I just so appreciate you, sir, for, for, for giving to us. Yesterday, what he taught us was so important for understanding how important the land is and the territory is and how important people are and that people and the land are connected. Have you noticed, right? We should know that. If anybody should know that in this valley, that there is a connection with the land. And, and the, the Bible itself is a geographical document, a book that had, speaks of the connection with the land. So we talked a lot about... Uh, the importance of understanding how this whole thing works spiritually. And we're in the process of redeeming this community. We're in the process Amen. of pushing back the gates of hell within this community. And, and as we do that, 
heavens are opening and God is moving. So I'll quit talking. Shut up, Andrew, already. Would you welcome, please, with all your heart, would you turn your ears on Pastor Bob Beckett as he comes to share with us this morning? Wow. Welcome to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Looking forward to what uh, the Lord is going to do, and I really mean from the bottom of my heart, I'm really excited about being here. As a matter of fact, um, I don't even know if I told you this, when you called me and uh, you asked, you know, if I would come up, um, my wife was sitting in the office, and uh, I told Pastor Luis, I have uh, a dear pastor in, the, in our community, Pastor's Victory Outreach Church, uh, incredible man of God, agreed to drive me, because um, I, after about three hours of me, I just drive off the road, you know, and there's no exit there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, you called me. And I don't know if I told you this. You called me, and, um, and I'm talking to you, and I'm thinking, and I said to you, okay, you know, I, it was interesting to hear what you were doing. I thought, okay, I've known Mario for years, so I, I know what's going to happen. It's going to be Mr. Toad's, like we said, a wild ride crazy things and good things, kingdom things are going to happen, but I thought, I don't know, you know, but okay, let's talk, you know, I'm willing, I'm open, and I got off the phone, and Susan, my wife, said, you're going to Hanford. I said, you want to try to get rid of me, you know, but um, it was very clear, very clear, because God is getting ready, I shouldn't say getting ready, he's already doing something in Hanford. You live in an area that is about to experience an incredible move of God. And um, we want you to enjoy this ride. We want you to be a part of it. We want you to understand your role. You are significant. You may be a visitor. You may be thinking, what can I do? You are relevant. You are important to what's going on. So if you get your Bibles out, if you have a Bible on your phone, whatever the case is, go to the book of Ephesians. Go to the book of Ephesians. And uh, we're going to look at something real quick this morning. And um, I'm a good boy. I watch the clock. I know you have lunch. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, so we won't take it too far. But um, we understand that Paul was speaking to the church at Ephesus. If you read about the church of Ephesus, you could actually translate Hanford to, to Ephesus and what's going on. And so everything that takes place in the book of Ephesians is a, a book about spiritual warfare, but then he makes a statement in verse 13. Watch what he says. He says, And whom also you trusted, that's you, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And watch what he says. In whom also do you believed that you were sealed. Watch what he says. Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now the word sealed there is very important because it it's really pertains to the title of what we're going to talk about in just the next few minutes, about being watermarked. Now a watermark, as you already know, is something that is put on a document that you can't readily see on that document, but it authenticates the document. If you have a $100 bill, if you have a $20 bill, you have a $5 bill. I don't think it's on the 100, I mean on the one. But if you hold that bill up to the light, you will see a watermark. You will see an image of a person or a figure of something. 
And when you hold it up to the light, you see that mark in there that's been embedded that isn't readily seen in the darkness. And we're going to talk about you being watermarked. Hanford has been watermarked. And we're moving into unprecedented times is what they say now in a world. And he, in case you've been paying attention, our world's gone crazy, has it not? This is totally out of control and nuts. And so it's going to be important that we as believers understand what it means to be watermarked and what Paul was saying to Pastor Timothy, who potentially had a half a million people under his responsibility. And he said, to the people, you were sealed, you were watermarked for authenticity. And when you are held up to the light, what do people see? Do they see a mark of authenticity? And I believe there's something very significant in what he says. So we've heard everybody say, like I said to the people in the first service, we're in unprecedented times. Well, to understand what unprecedented means, you have to understand what precedented means. Precedented means this. Okay, it's going to be on the screen. A previous time regarded as a guide in similar circumstances. Okay? Now watch it. A previous time regarded as a guide in similar circumstances. So that means if we're in unprecedented times, which it certainly seems like with the craziness that's going on, that means it hasn't happened before. And that means there's no precedence for what to do. That's where much of the church and the body of Christ, at least in America, is right now. Not saying you. You have a shepherd, you have leaders, you have elders, you have people that understand the commission. You, you have not become afraid of what's going on in the world because you've been taught and you've been schooled about your faith and who you are. But so much of the church believes it's living in unprecedented times. And they act like they don't know how to respond to the craziness that's going on. And so people are staying home, or actually the newest trend, if you haven't heard it, is that many in America are beginning to attend virtual churches. They get a virtual headset, if you know what I'm talking about. Older generation, you maybe never experienced it. And you put on a headset and your church projects what's going on there so you don't have to go. And the scary thing is, it's catching on. Because people believe what's going on is unprecedented. And they're wrong. A precedence has already been set, and it's sitting on your lap. We already know how to respond to the craziness that is going on. And you are fortunate enough, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I'm not just passing out platitudes. You are fortunate enough to have a shepherd and elders and leaders that believe God's word is relevant for today. And it is, it is personally relevant. That it is an answer for, it, for what's going on. Because it is not only crazy, it is getting crazier. For instance... Just to give you an idea of how unprecedented it seems to most believers, 
is that the nation of Israel has now entered into a peace agreement with Saudi Arabia and much of the Arab nations. The nation of Israel, the arch enemy considered by Arab nations, has now come into a peace accord and agreement to work together. Never before in history, but the Bible tells us there's an answer to what's going on, that once arch enemies are now moving together, that has never happened. It is a scary thing to think that the nation of Israel has now come into a peace accord with those who have sworn to destroy her. The craziness in the world is touching everybody and everything. But on top of that, we know that global economics are out of control. In case you haven't noticed, gas has gone up. In case you haven't noticed, the price of food is over the top. It's incredible what's going on. Utilities are going up and groceries are going up and everything is going up because the World Economic Forum has decided they've already come together and they've coined the phrase that they're going to um, reset the global economics to one world economic. Gee, where have we heard that before? Anybody read it in the last book of the Bible? That all of a sudden the WEF, the World Economic Forum, has met and the nation of the United States of America has already shown up to cooperate. Every nation on earth and their economies are beginning to move to a one world economy. And so we see the craziness goes on. Israel, back to her, she has now signed on and agreed to connect her power, her energy and her power to the, uh, the uh, European nations. She is now, you can Google this, you can look for the, for the line where she has now put her energy dependence on the nations that have sworn to not defend her and watch over her. She is now energy dependent on um, the European nations. Unprecedented. What is going on? Um, the pandemic that is going on. Who, who, if you've been living under a rock, you wouldn't know about the pandemic. But the nation of Israel, I mean, uh, Australia. The nation of Australia, most of you already know this, is in such a lockdown that if you have not been vaccinated, and if you've been vaccinated, that's okay. I'm not talking about, I'm not going to bring up this whether you should or whether you shouldn't. That's your pastor's job. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Okay. Um, but, but you understand that what's happened now about the, uh, the vaccination is that the uh, nation of Australia, if you have not been vaccinated, you cannot leave your home except for groceries and medicine. That's, uh, that's incredible. The, the entire nation is locked down because people have no paradigm by which to face and confront the craziness that's going on. 
you are fortunate enough to be in a church and have leadership that understands the issues and that will help guide you and point you through the issues that are coming full on at every one of us. You are not in a bad place. In just a minute, I'll help you understand. You're actually in a really good place. And I'm not talking just your church. You personally, okay? Food shortages already sweeping in uh, the African nations, South African nations, are suffering under an incredible food shortage because there's a, now a global shortage of fertilizer. And without fertilizer, you can't grow crops. And you understand that that is moving, it's already touching America. It's not just that food prices are going up, but the the convenience of having the foods that we've been, may well go away. I hope not. I'm not here to tell you that we're in the end times. I'm just here to tell you we need to get ready for the times that are ahead. And to understand who we are and how we relate to this issue. The um, container ships that have been outside L.A., you've heard about that? You know what? We just found out. Somebody told us that we found out that the reason you can't see them where they were is they just moved them farther out to sea. Things you need. Try to buy something. Try to, try to build a, a, a wrought iron fence. Try to, try to build the building right now. Try to purchase something. Do you know right now in Southern California, I have a, a, one of my, uh, my, my head usher is a mechanic for, uh, for uh, an auto dealer and his responsibility is to take trucks cars off of the trucks that are delivering trucks for sale his responsibility is to make those sure those cars are ready for sale and they're prepared to drive off the lot okay he said yesterday he said do you know what they're doing to i know i'll use a corvette as an example because this is the craziness when you go onto a car lot in most car lots when you purchase a new car, if you, you were to try to do it today or this week, they will not only not drop the sticker price, they will tack on additional money because they, they can't find cars. If you were to go, matter of fact, he, had a, he said, we just had a guy walk onto their lot, bought a $90,000 Corvette, brand new Corvette. You know, I, I, I don't know what I'd do with a Corvette. I'd end up in jail probably, you know. But, but um but $90,000 Corvette, they stuck, they added on to the sticker price $50,000. People are doing it because of the craziness out there. The prices are over the top. Public education is a train wreck right now. And if you're a public school teacher, you are a warrior. God bless you. If you're a public school teacher, you're a warrior. I'm thankful for you. But you work in crazy. It's crazy right now. We have, a, uh, we have a private school system. We're already three-quarters full for next year because parents have suddenly begun to realize what's going on in public education. We've had children come out of, matter of fact, this year, we had a first grader, and told the people in the first service, a first grader brought by the parents to enter into second grade this year. So we tested him. He was graduated from the public school system in first grade, and he didn't know his ABCs. Those of you that the teachers know, they get that in kindergarten. Why? It's because craziness has hit our nation. 
So how are we going to respond and what do we do? How do we deal with this issue? Because we are a voice. You are a voice. What is going to happen in Hanford across the, the freeway next week is going to be outrageous. And it's going to be really kind of spooky for some. As I've known, Mar like I said, I've known Mario for years. Anything could happen and will. You're going to have people manifesting. You're going to have people flopping on the floor like a carp out of water. You are not going to, I mean, people are going to get saved, healed, and delivered. And the most important thing is that you find out who you are because post the event, it's going to be your responsibility, as pastors already said, to take care of those who come into the kingdom that are healed and saved, delivered, set free, and get them filled with the Holy Ghost. If you agree, give God a good praise. I'm going to watch my time here and be a good boy. Okay. So, um, Ephesians 2 7, watch this. For the secret of the power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds back will continue to do so until he's taken out of the way, and then the lawlessness of the one will be revealed. Lawlessness is already being exposed. And we understand that there's a censorship of the church. The more you stand up for Jesus, the more people seem to back away. So many people have pulled away from the purposes of the kingdom. And you're fortunate enough to have a shepherd, a pastor, who's going to feed you the truth. And even if they come and tell you, we're going to take your 501c3, you're no longer going to be tax-exempt, and you're no longer going to get a tax receipt, we're going to find out who of you that really ties for the right reason. Hey, they, they got really quiet, Pastor. <laughs> because it's going, to be, it's going to get to that point. And matter of fact, it's moving that way already. So is there a good side to this? You know, is there anything good out about what I came here to say? Because we're talking about these issues, and to many, it would appear that there is no example for where we're going. But there is. There's a biblical example. And in the process, I want you to Go back to the book of Ephesians, if you would. Go back to the book of Ephesians. Matter of fact, you know what? Uh, um, you know how you keep your mind clean? Change it often. Okay? Don't go to Ephesians. Go to Matthew. Okay? <laughs> Matthew 16. I just want, you know, I've only got a certain amount of time here, and I want to do it right. I want to give you something that you can walk away with. Okay? What, how are we going to respond? How are we going to respond to this? I want you to listen to what Jesus says. Jesus, and I don't know if I gave it all to the uh, to media. Did I give you verse 13? Okay, if media's got verse 13, they may or not. In chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who are they saying I am? What does the world say? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, others say Elias, and others say Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but who do you say that I am? He said, the most important thing for you to understand is, who do you think he is? Because whoever you think he is, is who they believe he is. They're watching you. You're the watermark. You're the evidence that he, Jesus is really who he says he is. 
And when they hold us up to the light of their scrutiny, do they see a mark of authenticity? Or do they just see a religious person? Watch what he goes on to say, verse 15. And he said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. This is not a cerebral conviction. Much of the church in America right now is addressing what's going on in America from the eyebrows up. And the answer isn't here, the answer is here. It's down where the watermark is. Now watch what he says, verse 17. And he answered and he said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven, now watch, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, that's a little rock, and upon this rock, big rock, Petra, I will build my church. Everybody say my church. My church. You go to one, but listen to what we're going to talk about. And the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Listen to what Jesus says. Hell will not, the gates, hell has gates. Yes. What does hell have gates for? To, to keep people in? No, they've already been assigned there. The gates that keep you out. Reverse it and flip it and understand that you're a threat to darkness. Your church is a threat to darkness. You personally are a threat to darkness. Hell will do anything it can to keep you from finding out who you really are and finding your watermark. Because as you find out who you really are, you begin to move into your position. You begin to become who you really, really were designed to be. And so he goes on and he says, verse 19, and I will give unto thee the what? The keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, loosed on earth and loosed in heaven. Much of the church in America feels evil is a threat. Evil's not a threat to the church. The church is a threat to evil. The occult and darkness. Listen, you're going to watch people manifest in this tent revival. They're going to be demon-possessed people. They're going to fall on the floor and flop like a carp out of water. They are just going to manifest. They're going to go nuts. And much of the church in America says, "Mm, okay, I believe that, but, you know, call pastor. Isn't that right? Call pastor. We got we we got a live one, right? You know what? If you got a watermark, you're going to find out that you have an authority you never dreamed you have. And yet, much of the church in America is not interested in it. They're really not interested in it because they're afraid of it. They don't understand that you're a threat to darkness. And to understand this is to understand why. First of all, you look at the context of what Jesus is saying to them. Matter of fact, let's go on, media. If we can go on, pick it up in verse 20, if I gave you 20. Then charged he his disciples, watch this, that they should not tell, they should tell no man that he was Jesus Christ. What? That's what he came for. Why did he say that? Well, first off, he hadn't finished the redemptive process. Okay, we can go there. But even after that, he wants 
He's pointing out to them. He said, I want them to find out who I am the same way you did. I want them to see me in you. I want them to see me in you in the workplace, in the marketplace, in the hard places, and in the difficult places. I want them to notice that there's something different about you. It's not just that you look, and it's, it's not really a physical thing. It's that people, I mean, you know what one of my, one of my favorite places for evangelism is? A gas pump. I love it, the gas pump. I'm pumping gas, you're pumping gas. I got you, because until your tank's full, I own you. Does that make sense? You're looking for places where you watermark people. Hi, how you doing, sir? What you going on? The gas prices crazy? Yeah, they are. Man, the world's getting really crazy, aren't they? Man, this is nuts, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got an answer for you. Man, I mean, tell, we're watching people get saved at gas pumps in the supermarket, in line. You have a voice, and you have no idea how much authority your voice really has. You might say, you might be thinking, man, well, I've never done this. I've never done it before. Well, you're going to find out that God's going to give you a faith and a courage to do so. But now let me finish with one last thing. Now go to the book of Ephesians. Say he's almost done. (laughs) <laughs> you missed that. You missed that opportunity. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, goodness. I'm going to watch the clock. I am, okay. I have 16 minutes, and I'm going to buy every one of them. Okay? All right. Um, chapter 1, verse 4. According as he has shown chosen who? Say I'm an S. Okay. Before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame and have a watermark. Listen to me. God designed you before the foundation of the world. He planned you before he created this world. You were in the heart of your heavenly father. And he designed you to be what you were called and designed to be. And if you don't like your nose or your hair, blame it on your parents. Okay? Because the inside of you is bigger than the outside of you. And if you understand who you are and you begin to find out your relevance and your purpose and your value, what you can actually accomplish and do from the inside out, when the world spends its time pointing at your exterior and your physical limitations or even your emotional limitations or mental limitations, you were designed by your heavenly Father to do things you never dreamed you could do. That's right. You say, "Well, I, well, I, you know, listen." I and I told the people in the first service. I have no problem telling you this. I grew up a dyslexic. I couldn't read. I couldn't put numbers together. Okay, and um, and God had a different plan. 
and I studied engineering. Well, before you clap, I still wouldn't drive over any bridge I was involved in. Okay? But you know, yeah, I can hear the comments coming already. Okay. Um, but you understand, when you meet your heavenly father and he begins to show you who you really are and he begins to point out to you who you are in here, not out here and on the outside and what everybody else looks at, but who you were designed to be, that he established his kingdom inside you and the gates of hell are afraid of you. Hell is afraid of you. And it tries to threaten you. But you understand that you're, you're so big on the inside and your value and your purpose. And we spend so much time as leaders and not your pastor, but we pat you on the back and we tell you you're going to be okay and everything's going to be all fine. I'll somebody slap you and then slap your mama for saying that. <laughs> okay? That's not the deal. You've got to find out who you are. You think you're insignificant and you believe the lie. The power of the kingdom of God, the gates of hell are afraid of you ever finding out what you were called to do, your gifts and your talents. It's not that you have to be a, a pastor or a, a, you know, a prophet or somebody. Everybody looks to the offices. Everybody looks to all those positions. Let me tell you what. It isn't those that are in the five-fold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. It isn't the five-fold ministry that's driving what God is going to do in this final hour. It's the grunts, it's the soldiers just like you that are going to turn this thing around and bring the kingdom of God to Hanford in an incredible way. Your life counts. It matters to God. And who would have ever thought a fearful, terrified, dyslexic boy would end up being a grown man and read for a living. If I can be delivered from dyslexia, it's a minor issue from the garbage you're dealing with. God is ready to set you free, but he's not going to set everybody free if you're not going to do what needs to be done. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? It's not that God doesn't want you to be free, but he's not going to show you who you are if you're not ready to do what you are. That's right. If you are ready right here today to say, whatever God has designed me to be, if you're, if you're ready to say, whatever it is you want from me, I am willing to make the sacrifices that are necessary to see your kingdom manifested to me and threw me as a watermark for the people around me. Yeah. Is that what you're ready to do? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Your age, your education, nothing can hold you back from this point on. I mean this. I, I, I've, you know, I, I've already told you about saying yes to, to coming here, and, and, I, and I mean this. I'm not, you know, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I, I'll be responsible to God if I'm, if I'm exaggerating. I believe God has given you a shepherd that has a heart to see this truth come true in your life and in your children's life. I believe you are very fortunate people. And, and, and if, I, if I lived in Hanford and I, if I wasn't a shepherd, 
I would want to be under this shepherd. And, and believe me, I, I'm, I'm putting him under a lot of heat right now because he's probably going to break my finger when I get out of here. Okay. Okay, but you understand that you're in a good place. You have an opportunity to shake this area up for Jesus Christ. And will you do it? What are you ready to do? What are you ready to do? Now, I have to finish with this because I have just a couple of minutes. And besides, we know there's a Super Bowl game coming. Um, do you know where you're going when you die? Here's a question. Um, let's say a plane is leaving. What's the local Air Force Base, sir? Okay, more. A plane has already taken off from the air station. It's in the air right now. It's coming this direction over the building. The engines just failed. The plane is in free flight. The pilot just ejected, and the plane is headed for this building. Do you know where you're going when you die? And I didn't ask you if you go to church, grew up in church, have a Bible, know about Jesus, and are a church member. I ask you, do you know where you're going when you die? Because that's the only real evidence that you really are watermarked. Because when you're watermarked with confidence of eternal life, you're not afraid of anything. That's right. Does that make sense? Yes. You're not afraid. When the world starts threatening you and telling you we're going to do this and we're going to do that, you're not afraid. But now, the question is, that plane is in free fall right now. And when it lands, you're going one way or the other. You're going into eternal life with God or you're going to eternal damnation. And there will be no second chances. <clears throat> Do you know? Would you bow your heads, please? Please bow your heads and close your eyes. Saints, would you pray right now? I want to ask you a simple question now. If you're not sure, and I don't care if, I, it wouldn't matter to me if you're an elder in this church. What matters to God is whether you know he's designed you before the foundation of the world and that you have eternal life with him, that Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to come down your aisle and if you don't know for sure, you look up at me and that's your way of saying, you know, Pastor, I'm not sure, but I want to be sure. And if, I, if you look up at me and I don't see you, if, I'm, if you're looking up at me and I can't see you, I'll, I'll raise your hand and I'll point at you. If you're not sure, let's be sure. Let's come down this aisle right here. Don't miss this chance because that plane's falling out of the sky. Is that you? Is that what you want, ma'am? Are you looking at me for that? No? Okay. Over here. Over here. Don't miss this chance. Is that what you want, sir? No, you're not. Please, I'll, I'll mistake you. Keep your eyes closed just for a minute. I, I promise this will be over in just a minute. 
But I need to know for sure. We need to know for sure. You want to know for sure? God bless you. I'm proud of you. You know what? Your heavenly Father is going to show himself to you. Back there. Over here. Is that you, sir? God bless you, sir. Is that you, ma'am? God bless you as well. If I don't see you and you're looking at me, keep praying, saints. Keep praying. Over here. Ma'am, is that you? God bless you, ma'am. Over here on this side. Over here on this side. Over here on this side. Last chance. Last chance. The plane's coming down. Is that you, ma'am? God bless you. Sir, is that you? God bless you, sir. Sir, is that you? God bless you, sir. Is that you, ma'am? God bless you, ma'am. Church, would you look up? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to agree with these folks that have made a commitment, but now we have a little bit of a problem. You see, Jesus said this. If you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my heavenly Father. If you won't confess me before man, I won't confess you to my Father. Basically, he said this. Not my words, his. If you're ashamed of the fact that you looked up and you're ashamed to say you're ready to be proud that you take a stand for Jesus, and Jesus says it's off. That's not my word. Don't get mad at me. That's what he said. If you looked up at me and you meant business and you're not ashamed of the fact that you are ready to say I want confidence in eternal life and you looked up, you stand. God bless you. Come on. Don't, don't sit down. I'm not going to point the rest of them out. Hang on, ma'am. Hang on. I'm proud of you. There you go. I'm not going to point the rest of them out. It's not my job to point you out. I know who you are. Come on. God knows who you are. Come on. Come on. Come on. God bless you. I am proud of you. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Your heavenly Father loves you so much. Loves you so much. I'm excited for you. You watch what's going to happen. You watch what's going to happen in your life. Something's going to change. It's not that you haven't believed in Jesus, but something's going to happen. And while all the garbage is going on around you, you're going to have a confidence inside you that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you. You may be seated. God bless you. Before you leave the building today, there'll be somebody up here from the church. I'm sure a pastor will probably take care of this. They want to connect with you. They want to help you grow in your confidence. And your heavenly father is so proud of you. And you know what? You just scared the hell out of hell. Amen. On that note, see ya. <laughs> Would you please put your hands together for Pastor Bob? Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Would you stand to your feet?
prayer teams, would you come forward? Listen, if you did stand to your feet and make that decision today, we would like to connect with you. We'd love to give you some resources and make sure that you're encouraged in your faith. Would you come down, please, and, and visit us, check in with us so that we can help you do that. Would you just bow your heads one last time? Lord Jesus, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you for your church. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for every person in this house. And God, I pray that we'd walk out the door a different kind of person with a new and fresh anointing, with a, a sense of purpose and calling. Lord, I pray that as we go and we watch the game today, maybe with family or friends, that there'd be something different inside of us, that the light would shine, that the watermark would be evident. Let us be people that are carrying your life wherever we go. In the name of Jesus, I bless this group of people. I pray they would be increased. They would see your hand go before them. Lord, wherever they have needs, they would be filled in the name of Jesus. I speak life and wholeness and healing. I speak encouragement to every heart that's broken today. I speak in the name of Jesus a calling that you have placed upon them to be world changers. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at kchamford.com and if you want to support our ministry, click give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.